On this episode of the Yellow Pod, we introduce our new series, Trauma in the Arts, where we talk about how trauma shows up all over the place. Here's our first one. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. So we're starting kind of a little thing that we're going to have every now and then called Trauma in the Arts. And it's just a, a small series we're going to do to highlight where we see trauma in popular culture, in the arts, and TV, and things like that. So the guest I have with me today, a return guest and actually the producer of the podcast, uh, and my husband, Jay. So hey, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me again. Of course. So I want to talk a little bit about how this even got started. And again, when you have a platform, I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, well, it started off with, we're going to solve this debate. Then I realized that there doesn't have to be a right or wrong, but um, there are two movies that our children have watched a lot of over the years. And uh, Jay and I have had a debate about which one is more traumatic. So Um, Our son liked to watch Chicken Little, and I find Chicken Little to have so much developmental relational trauma in it that it's ridiculous, and I think it's traumatic, and I get sad every time I watch it, Um, and he's always like, it's not traumatic, it's a movie about redemption, and I'm like, this is traumatic, so that's my movie, and so why don't you tell them what movie you think is more traumatic? The movie that is more traumatic is Moana. The trauma that she goes through with her father and her mother taking his side. <laughs> and I'm, a tear to my eye now. Uh, so, you know, we got to talking about this and, you know, we decided, hey, let's let's just talk a little bit about how trauma shows up. And, and, and I, I shall say trauma and resilience, how trauma and resilience shows up um, in movies, cartoons and things like that. So for our first little episode in our series we are going to be talking about chicken little and moana so uh let's start with chicken little because it came out first Mm -hmm. um we had access to it first my son would watch it over and over and over again and so i think the part for me that was the hardest (laughs) is um his chicken little's reality was not acknowledged as real and this happens so often for people, but especially children, when their internal experience and the things that they're experiencing are not validated by people outside of them, especially people they're in close relationship with and proximity to and authority figures. So, um, yeah, also, I guess, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> we're not going to necessarily be too cautious not to talk about kind of you know, we're not going to leave out plot points and stuff like that. But if you've never seen the movie Chicken Little, essentially, what? I would say pause the podcast now, go watch it, and then unpause it. Oh, there you go. So yeah, feel free to pause the podcast, go watch it. But pretty much, um, it's the story of this little chicken who, um, in in the past, so before the movie starts to take place, he had um, said the sky was falling. And there was a big hoopla about that. You know, people are like, what? The sky is falling. And 
no one saw the sky falling. So they like made a movie about it and just all this stuff. And he was really embarrassed by it more so than embarrassed by it. He still maintained that no, the sky was falling, but his father was so ashamed of him. And it just hurt my heart. Like how his father was trying to just, if he just laid low. And so at one point, you know, he just didn't believe his reality or that he was telling the truth. But really the pressure that his father felt from the community and everyone else to just kind of essentially want to make his son go away was very difficult. Um, Then, you know, you fast forward through to the end of the movie and you realize that there was like an alien force and all this crazy stuff. And that in fact, a piece of their spaceship had fallen. And that's what you know, the sky was really falling. And it was just this moment of like, oh my goodness, he wasn't telling a lie. So there are so many implications of this. It, it just is startling for me. It, it, it reminds me of um, sometimes when children disclose uh, abuse and they're not believed. Um, it reminds me of even little things like when a child is afraid And they're saying, there's a monster in my closet, or there's something that's scaring me. And the caretakers and the adults in their life kind of respond with, ain't nothing wrong with you, go in there. And just things like that, how that really can be disruptive to um, a person's, how they view their reality. Um, Anything you want to add? Well, you were forgetting the parts where he went to baseball and his father was very supportive of the whole baseball experience. His father was not supportive of the entire baseball experience. His father was supportive when he made this Grand Slam home run and won. But if that doesn't illustrate my point, right? So how many of us listening to Don't Laugh, he's laughing, but how many of us learned that our value came from performance? Like this is exactly it. So... When you, he, he wanted to, Chicken Little wanted to play baseball because his dad played baseball. And it was like, oh, he almost got into a car accident when Chicken Little told him. And he's like, no, no, no. What about chess? What about all these things, right? One, because he didn't believe he could be successful at it. And Chicken Little totally picked up on that. So he worked really hard to be good at it. No one supported him, not his teammates, not the coach, not his father. He only had a small group of friends, which was really a big source of resilience for him. Um... But then all of a sudden he hits this home run and his father is excited. And all of a sudden he's carrying him on his shoulder and he loves him. Well, what message do you think that sends to Chicken Little, right? You're only lovable when, when you're excelling, when you're performing, when you've done something to make his father proud. That didn't teach him that he was valuable and lovable just because he was. It taught him that when you learn to accomplish or when you make your way to accomplishment, that's when people will find you valuable. All of a sudden, the community was rallying around him. His father was rallying around him. And I think that is far more traumatic than than anything else. And so even the fact that it's like, "Uh uh-uh, what about the baseball? Like, that's detrimental to his development, I think. Please continue. He had a group of friends who were ride or die. I acknowledge. I think that was a very big source of resilience for him. Like he had, he had friends who not just like believed him because they didn't see evidence of the sky falling anyway, but they still didn't um, isolate him or make him ashamed of it. You know, Chicken Little was bullied 
in school, um, in all of those things, but he still had the group of friends. So those relationships that become safe and non-judgmental in our lives, they are really big sources of, of resilience. So I will give you that. Anything else about Chicken Little, y'all? I can y'all hear my passion? Like no, no, that's that's all I have for Chicken Little. <laughs> so you know, I encourage you, like, watch Chicken Little. Reach out to us. I want to know if anybody else finds it to be like <laughs> a super like traumatic movie that in the end we say like you know it works out and he becomes the hero and I'm glad that he was able to persevere despite all of you know the opposition that he got within his community and within his family another point that I want to realize is that you know they were both in some forms of grief so Chicken Little's mother died we don't see this in the movie there's just like a historical reference to it and you know, I think that's tough. I think grief takes on many different forms. But I also think that, you know, if if people don't go through the grieving process, then it manifests in other ways. And so if Chicken Little's daddy hadn't actually taken the time to grieve the life of life, grieve the loss of his wife, then that could have impacted his inability to show up. Are we reaching a little too deep into cartoons? Maybe, but that is what the series is for. <laughs> so that's Chicken Little. So let's move on to Moana. Speak your piece, sir. Okay. Moana had a dream. Her dream was to be in the water. Anytime she got close to a boat, her dad would poo-poo all over her dream. She just wants to go to the water. He pulls her away from the water. She stands on a boat. He has his big Yale tantrum in front of the village <laughs> and shuts down her dream right there to the point where she has to sneak on a boat herself. She has one little mishap and she's ready to give up her dream to follow what her father wants for her life. Now, I'm not disagreeing with you on any of that. What I will say is I think Moana and, and specifically the parts of Moana that you're talking about truly do illustrate how oftentimes parents parent their children based on the experiences they've had. Now, it became evident that um, the father, Moana's father, had had a very traumatic experience with water. He lost his best friend um, to death and he couldn't save him. So his attempt to keep Moana away from the water was for her safety and her protection. Now, it's not lost upon me that maybe that's what Chicken Little's father thought he was doing too, to keep him away from the ridicule and for all of that, but how their own pain, their own experiences, their own proximity to things, like for Chicken Little's dad, humiliation and loss possibly, Moana's dad, loss and needing to protect her, how that influenced their inability to hear what they actually wanted for their lives and, 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 and what those, you know, aspirations were. So I give you that. Anything else? She had no support system like Chicken Little had. Chicken Little had a full crew. Moana had no one but her grandmother who dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She does die. And, and, and I give you that. It also, so when we talk about resilience factors, the, the top five factors that, um, have been found in people who overcome their trauma and don't go on to recreate it. One of those things are external supports. So Chicken Little's friend group, external support. 
Moana's grandmother external support. Interestingly, even after her grandmother died, she still remained an external support for Moana. So I think that was an excellent point that even though her grandmother was not physically present with her, she still used her memory, her legacy, and the connection she had with her as a support. Um, so I also think there is another part um, of trauma in Moana, though, that stuck out to me, and it was Maui's trauma. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Maui, um, and, and this really leads to me to the point of we are, or we come to know ourselves based on who people tell us we are. And so when Maui comes into the picture, he's a demigod, right? How does he know this? Because this is what people have told him that he was. We we go on to learn um, on one of the boat scenes that Maui was actually not born that way, that he was born to human parents who cast him into the sea to die. And the gods found him um, and made him a demigod. And so this leads to kind of this kind of deep-rooted, what I would call a shame bind, of not being wanted all the way from birth. And so his relationship with humans was to give them whatever they need. If you hear in the songs he sings, it's all about creating, you know, islands and doing all of these things so that he could get love. Well, how many of us walk around trying to get love from others by giving all of ourselves or giving them what they want or being who they need us to be? So very literally, he was a shapeshifter. And I have said numerous times in numerous capacities that I spent most of my life as a shape-shifting people pleaser. And I think I relate a lot to Maui's character because he became who he needed to be so that he could give people what they wanted so that they would then love him or want to be around him. And I relate with that wholeheartedly. But then coming down to like, who are you outside of who people have told you you are. I don't know that Maui went through that process, right? <laughs> but that's the process that I find myself going through. So I totally re- related to Maui and the trauma that was there. And there's a scene in Moana that um, sometimes someone introduced to me in a trauma training I was doing. It's like, this is a really good illustration. And it's when, um, so Moana has met Maui. They're on the boat. They have gotten his hook back. And he can't wield the hook like he used to. He can't morph and change like he used to. And he keeps trying and he gets turned, keep turning into like a shark and a chicken and all this stuff. And so she's on the boat and she's like, all right, come on, you can do it. Try it. And he's like, no, it's not going to work. Can you just try? He tries it again. It doesn't work. So she sees the tattoo on his back and she sees the tattoo that represents his parents throwing him into the ocean or into the water. And so she's like asking about it, like, what's that? What's that? And he's like, you know, pretty much leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. And then she goes, is this why your hook's not working? And I thought, man, that is so perfectly illustrated. Like how many times do we look at the scars of people, right? The parts of their lives that hold their trauma and either poke and prod, what's wrong? What's wrong? Tell me what's going on. Or do we blame that? Well, is that why you're, is that why it's not working? Is that why you can't do this is this why and it's like man that is such an insensitive way to approach someone what has happened to us definitely impacts how we respond to the world but having people weaponize that against you is terrible um so they did go on in that scene he threw her off the boat (laughs) 
and she got back on the boat and took a different approach. And I think that as using that in trauma training for people who work with people who have experienced trauma is you just can't come in like, you know, we have to take a different approach. So that stuck out to me. Go ahead. That's two pieces of trauma, major trauma to Chicken Little's one. Okay. So first of all, Chicken, (laughs) Chicken Little trauma did have two. I talked about grief and loss, which is one. And I talked about the relational trauma of that. So it's two and two. Unless you can talk about Moana's dads. So three to two. <laughs> that was part That's of it. Moana's win. Let me tell you, whenever we watch Moana and Moana's dad yells at her, I feel like I almost see a tear in this guy's eye. Like he is so struck by that part when she gets yelled at. It is uncalled for. <laughs> All she wants to do is just live her dream. And then the worst part, when she goes out and just says, screw all of you, I'm going to do what I do, saves the world, he comes back like it looks good on you. Like, man. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been a, yeah. yeah, I chalk that up to, he doesn't have a whole lot of language to say that. But no, I'm with you. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Chicken Little and Moana, right? We just wanted to kind of talk about you know, how we see trauma manifested in some of these things. Um, Yeah, this was fun. (laughs) Um, We watch a lot of cartoons. We watch a lot of kid movies um, because we have children. So yeah, we plan to do these from time to time. If you are listening and you have not seen Chicken Little and Moana, highly encourage that you see them. Um, Good movies. But I also um, ask that if you have watched a movie or you're saying, hey, I saw this and I wonder how trauma plays a part, or I noticed this trauma, please reach out to us. We would love to do a segment on uh, various forms of pop culture, um, music, movies, videos, whatever that you bring to us. It would be our pleasure. So feel free to reach out to us at www.thelaborsoflove.com. We're on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget our YouTube channel, where every Thursday we put out a Therapy Thursday video. And don't forget to rate, review, like and share the podcast until we meet again you all be well